Welcome to Metaphysical Soul Speak. I'm your host, Elena Fox Starks. Hey guys, I hope that whenever and wherever you are when you're listening to this, that your Mercury retrograde is going a lot better <laughs> than mine has been. Um I I just thought I was on a lucky roll when I was able to get my visa. I mean, but that was 21 months in the making. That was something that I've been working on really hard. And it happened during Mercury retrograde. And I thought, ah, finally, something's changed. I'm in the fifth dimension now, yo. I don't have to worry about all these nonsense, schmonsense rules, right? about, you know, astrology and the way the heavens rule the planets and or the planets rule the people. Oh my God. Oh my God. It lent itself to me in such a way that I falsely had a sense of security. I believed that everything was going to be a-okay. Everything's fine now. You know, Something great happened during Mercury retrograde for once. Well, I shouldn't say for once because actually in reality, this is what happens is that <laughs> the beginning of every damn Mercury retrograde starts off so freaking good for me. Then by the end, it's just like, whatever, forget it. <laughs> and it's been like this my whole life. And I always, it's like I'm Charlie Brown. Mercury retrograde is Lucy holding a football every frickin' time. I swear to God, every frickin' damn time. I mean, today was the end, you know. I, I didn't get the insurance. It was just, It's just over. I, I'm not gonna... I've, I've, like, let it go yesterday, you know. Done with that. And my, uh, my agent, who is helping me, um with some small investments. I'm trying to grow my money so that I will have money in 14 months when I lose all of my current income, which is temporary anyway. And, you know, I felt like, hey, you know, he's going to help me make some, you know, quick changes with Bitcoin, like a couple quick little trades, build my capital up, do a couple, you know, and take half the money back, then use the rest for trades and just keep going and he, he's really smart he's really intelligent guy he knows what he's doing I've been talking to him for like five days every single day we've been talking he talks to me every morning takes a couple hours in the afternoon to do his work and then he's like literally every night we're talking two three hours a night 
and I'm getting to understand this business or, you know, this part of it. I'm, I'm trying to understand all of it. Right. So today he says, okay, I want you to own Bitcoin by the end of the day. And I'm like, oh my God, this is so scary, but okay, going to do it. Let's do it. It's something I've been meaning to do for a long time. I know the rules of Mercury retrograde. If it's something you've been meaning to do for a long time, you've been planning it, you've been kind of researching it and you haven't quite done it yet. Now's the time to stop, slow down, go slow, understand it fully, get into it, get involved and do the thing. So I said, okay, you know what? You're right. My 15 days came and went. I failed in my mission that I was on for the past two weeks and on to the next project, right? I am a warrior after all, after all, damn it. I'm a spiritual warrior. So he told me to get on the website and look for all the people they're selling. And we're going to see the exchange rate. Bitcoin is trading at 9,480 around there. When I started this morning, now it's trading, um, a little bit more, not much. Like 9,500, 9,600. But the, the, uh, person that I was just like, I cannot wait to buy it from this person because she's only selling one Bitcoin for $10,400. And I'm not trying to buy a whole Bitcoin. I don't have that much money. I'm like, <laughs> let's start with $300. Okay. <laughs> you know, maybe I'll, I'll maybe eke it to a thousand, but that's all I can do. But you know, he's like, well, let's start slow. That's okay. Cause I know how to turn that into bigger money quick, you know, like, well, quick within like a couple months quick. And I'm like, all right, so let's, let's do that. So I'm just doing it. I'm like going along, like, okay. And I'm learning all about the website. I'm, I'm getting my lessons done. You know, I'm learning it, understanding it more. I mean, the whole time the, I'm totally aware that it feels like I'm just buying air, you know, I'm buying numbers on a page and, and they make no sense. Like, why do they even exist? It's literally based on freaking nothing. Creation from some dude's head, some Japanese guy's, guy's head. I think his name is Yatoshi. And I met a guy whose name was Yatoshi when I was in Colombia. Part of me thinks I met the guy that started Bitcoin, to be honest. It's probably not him, but my, my kids and I, we always had our suspicions because he was far too chipper of a fella. <laughs> you know, to not be thoroughly wealthy. You know what I mean? Have you ever met somebody who has so much money that they're never, ever going to need to worry again for any reason? And there's like this undeniable calm and peace inside them. Like somebody who maybe hasn't for 30 years wondered where their next meal's coming from or how they're going to make their rent. There's like no stress, completely zero, zero stress. And this Yatoshi fellow that I met, mm-hmm, he had that, he had it. I said, what do you do for a living, man? So a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he started Bitcoin. I'm pretty sure I met the guy that started it. Anyway. 
it's not neither here nor there, but it's kind of weird. Now that I'm thinking about it, that's what he did say. A little bit of this, a little bit of that, which is a very weird thing for a Japanese person to say. I mean, he was right from Japan. He spoke English. He was in Colombia to learn Spanish because Colombian Spanish is excellent Spanish. It's like a perfect cadence and rhythm. It's a perfect pronunciation. It's not too messed up. You know, it's it's like almost identical to Castellano you, that you hear over in Spain without the thing instead of S, you know, like Antonio Banderas. I don't know if you guys ever noticed he talks like that a little bit. He's like worked on it quite a bit, but he used to have a very thick accent and S's were THs. Anyway, um, so I'm trying to buy this and, and, and okay. So I'm like going down the line and says, Oh, you need to verify your account. I'm like, Oh yes, definitely. I verified several things, how to verify my passport. I took no less than seven pictures and uh, submitted them of my passport. And I was denied seven times. Can't verify my account. Typical Mercury retrograde thing. I'm like, look, guys, I mean, if you want to, like, video call me, I'll hold the passport up to my face. You know what I mean? I'm really me. I could prove it. I mean, you want... I sent you my the, my house address in the States. Do you want me to send you a copy of the tax receipt? I just paid taxes on that house. Has my name on it. You have a copy of my visa. Has my name on it. Has my passport on it. You know, I wrote the customer service people and they didn't respond. Probably Monday they'll respond, but still. I'm like, now I can't verify my account. So that limits me to like maybe one third of the traders don't allow or don't care about absolute verification or they have their own methods. So going down the line, (laughs) I met or I found this lady who actually she lives in Colombia and she has a little bit of Bitcoin she wants to sell. And I just want a teeny tiny piece of it. You know, don't give me the whole pie. Just let me stick the fork in the middle and lick that off. That's all I need. That's how much I needed. Not that much. You know, the little bit of the pie gets on the end of the fork when you stab it, when you stab the pie. I mean, that's all. I mean, I'm not trying to do that much, right? not wheeling and dealing. I'm not working in hundreds of thousands of dollars of Bitcoin. I just want like 300 bucks. That's it. Because this um, website that my friend, the agent works at only accepts Bitcoin. That's what they work with. They don't work with any um, fiat monies, which is (laughs) something I learned yesterday. Fiat money, F-I-A-T is the only money um, it's money that's created by governments. Bitcoin is not created by government. It's outside of all that, but it rises and flows. It ebbs and flows with other monies. And I don't even know how it works. Just to be honest, it's really, really weird, but it's kind of exciting. It's modern. It's new ish new to me. I heard about it a year ago. Apparently it's been around 10 years already, but anyway, so I, I just found this lady. It's going to, I was going to send her the PayPal Let's do the transaction. And she just wouldn't get back to me for, you know, for like forever, like 20, well, 20 minutes felt forever. And my agent said, you know, just forget it. She's not going to respond to you. You don't want to waste your time all day. Right. You're right. I don't. 
So I canceled the order. Five minutes later, she says, hi. I'm like, oh my God. Probably could have done the transaction right then and there, you know, but I'd already canceled the order and I told her that I didn't know how to pay you and you didn't respond and I figured you might not be online today. So I went on to the next guy who's selling Bitcoin for like $1,000 more per Bitcoin. You know, which means that their personal fees go up, you know, and you're like literally paying for nothing just so they could sell you money or money-ish. It's not really money. It's just this weird crypto energy. I don't know what it is. But so anyway, it's just like all day long, though. Everything I tried just freaking didn't work. Found a guy. I'm like, all right, it's going to be a little bit money extra, but all right, I'm going to do it. I'm waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting and waiting for this guy. And it looked like he hadn't been online in 15 hours. You're supposed to put your account on hold or sleep or vacation when you're not going to be directly at your computer. Because every time someone opens a trade with you, you have to spend, you have like 90 minutes to, you know, as a window to get everything done. And that's called the escrow window. Just like when you buy a house and you pay the money to an escrow account And the people hand you the paperwork and everyone has to be satisfied before the money is released to the people that are selling their house. Well, the same thing is with cryptocurrency is what I learned. So I had so many 90 day escrows. I started and canceled like eight transactions today for various reasons. One guy looked like he says, I reserve the right to cancel at any time. Like, oh, right after I pay you and you don't release the Bitcoin. Wow. You know, that sounded too sketchy. Had to get the hell out of there. (laughs) And some people didn't care about a verification process as long as I could release the money. One um, person, you know, I decided I'm going to go through a thing called Zelle for my bank. My bank is going to, let me transfer directly and it's really, really fast. It's like five minutes. Good. I have a 90 minute escrow. I'll be done in 15 minutes. Bada boom, bada bing. I spent my whole day learning this stuff. This is going to be my big grand freaking payoff. I had to get a code from my bank. They could not send me the code. They tried to send it to me eight times. I ended up calling the bank and they said, what's your bank account number? I'm like, oh man. So I looked in my purse, couldn't find my bank card. And I looked and looked and looked for 30 minutes. This is the kind of crap that this is the kind of crap that happens during Mercury retrograde. Look and look and look and look and look for my bank card. Then I realized when I started all of these things in the morning, I was under my covers in my bed. <laughs> and I was still in my pajamas when I started today, opened up my bed and there it, it, my bank card. Nothing else, only my bank card. When I made my bed, I made my bank card, folded right into the covers. (laughs) I'm just like, oh my God. This is the kind of crap that I put up with all day. So one lady, she she had a, a pretty good, wasn't the best rate, but pretty good for all the PayPal transactions. I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna go through her. She had this insane verification process where I had to write like a whole page worth of sentences and the last half made absolutely no sense in English. English is her second language. 
and it's completely broken English and it basically said I'm going to go ahead and cancel the order after I order it I mean that's not what it actually said but it's kind of basically saying that I'm gonna pay you and then I'm gonna go back on my word and take the money back for any reason at all <laughs> like her English was so bad she didn't know that I know what she meant by it but she said if you don't have a picture of a piece of paper with these words on it next to your face I can't sell you my Bitcoin and I'm like okay a random string of nonsense sentences that literally make no sense at all it said her first language was Spanish but she was only speaking in English and when I would write to her in Spanish she finally said what are you talking about I don't understand you and I'm like well it says that you speak Spanish as a first language so I'm just trying to make you more comfortable I'll just speak in English I'm sorry she's like oh no it's okay it's so sweet of you you know no no it's fine so like like going back and forth chatting with each other trying to figure this stuff out and um we were like so close we were like seconds away and she says oh no and I'm like, oh my God, oh no, what, you know? And she says, well, I guess um, there's a big problem with my account. I don't know how long this is going to take. All right. Well, I'm going to give you till the end of this escrow. Then I'll cancel the transaction and I'll wait 30 minutes and I'll start a new one. And she said, okay. So basically I was going to give her like, you know, two more hours. And I did, and I waited two more hours. And at the end of the, like, literally the third escrow with her, I just said, you know, here's my WhatsApp number, write me or call me. Let me know when we're ready to release the funds and when we're ready to do all this together. I will be doing this a lot for the next six months or so. And I wanna keep, I wanna keep in touch. You seem like a cool person. And I'm just gonna, we're just gonna let it slide and. And I don't know what happened to her account. I'm like, what the hell? But that was in the stuff that she was going through too, the same thing. Like, I'm like, you know what? This is just Mercury retrograde. We're all affected. And what's hilarious is I'm talking to my agent and finally he just called me on the phone. He's like, now it's going on. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. And so my bank wouldn't let me use Zelle because my phone is a VOIP not a literal cell phone. They said, well, you need to come back to the States and buy your own cell phone number from like Verizon or AT&T or Sprint. Otherwise, otherwise we can't help you. I'm like, are you kidding me? I've been banking with you guys for 15 years and you can't find a way to send a code to a voice over internet protocol, like a magic jack. You really just can't do that. I mean, why like, what the hell? And I'm like, I'm just trying to pay my friend. I didn't want to tell him what I'm doing. I want to freak them out because people at Wells Fargo tend to be spooked like horses. They're on their damn logo. You know, <laughs> when I bought my $9,000 house in Detroit, it took them four and a half hours to release the funds. And I was on the phone with them. I verified all of my information like three or four times. I had to go from supervisor to supervisor. And they're like, well, this is such a highly unusual transaction. I go, buying a house is a highly unusual transaction. May I remind you that you guys have a whole mortgage section to your banking institution? Why are you lying to me? 
right? Like, what the hell? They're like, yeah, but people just don't make these kind of transfers. I'm like, yes, they do. They're called down payments on houses. Mine was to pay for the whole house. They're like, well, maybe you need a mortgage through us. I'm like, no, I don't want a mortgage through you guys. They tried to give me a $360 or $360,000 mortgage when I was making $10 an hour back during that big, huge banking crisis. I'm like, nah, nah, I don't trust your mortgages. I'm paying cash for a cheap ass house in Detroit, actually a brick mansion, a gorgeous house, but big house, but (laughs) you know, supposedly not the best neighborhood, but actually it was a very good neighborhood. My neighbors are excellent. Yeah, about three or four of them are yeah, a little not so excellent, but everyone else on the block, you know, 30, 40 people are pretty good. Anyway, I don't know, but that was my day. It was just like super frustrating. One thing after another, after another, after another. And um, I don't know, it was just frustrating. It's just ridiculous. Like my bank won't let me. They're like, well, if you're going to pay $500 to someone, that's kind of a hefty amount of money. I'm like, no, it's not. It's only $500. It's not. I mean, it kind of is. I mean, it's for me, it's like all my bills here in Ecuador. But I mean, I can explain what I was doing. I'm like, I'm just sending money to a friend. She needs $1,000. I'm going to do two different transactions. That's all. And he's like, well, you need to add her only if she's an appropriate and proper um bill for like a bill pay. She has to have a merchant account and she has to have um, been established for years. I'm like, Oh my God, you know, I just told you it's a friend. She's not a, you know, she's not a grocery store. Like this is ridiculous. So I, I mean, I was just trying to get a feel for what, what are these people on? You know, like, Yeah, I'm just trying to make a damn investment. I have my money in their savings account. I'm making like three damn dollars a year, you know, and it's not very much money. I'm trying to get my money out of there so that my money starts working for me, right? I know I've done these lessons. I know how to do this stuff. I'm just trying to figure it out. And they won't let, it's just like, they just, they just don't want people to, you know, take their money out of their bank, I guess. Which pretty much I am done with them as soon as my money stops coming in. My 14 months are up. I'm probably going to find another bank. You know, a bank that doesn't use, you know, horse and buggy to get information to people. It'll be five days before we can, you know, release the funds. What the hell are they talking about? Every Meanwhile, every other bank in the whole damn world can get it done in like, what, 30 seconds, 60 seconds, five minutes if it's like from Asia to North America or something. You know, that's the kind of crap that goes on. Then I shut, then my, my phone, my little phone was 75% charge. I'm like, oh, good. You know, I didn't really use it today and it was holding the charge pretty good. And then my other phone was starting to go, um, batteries a little low. So I plugged it in and I looked in the Wells Fargo, uh, uh, telephone call that I had with them. It had ended and here's 20 minutes later. It shows that the minutes are still going and I'm like, what the heck? And I couldn't shut it off. 
that's another kind of thing that happens with Mercury retrograde, just all kinds of problems with actual technology. So I shut off my big phone and immediately my little phone, like a twin fucking particle, shut itself off at the same time and I didn't even touch it. Freaked me out. Went from 76 charge to zero in like one second. I'm like, what? What is up? So anyway, I just got slapped with the full force of Mercury retrograde. <laughs> it's just a darn good thing I didn't leave the house today. I mean, I left the house. How many times did I leave the house? Like six times to get literally nothing done this past week and a half. I'm exhausted. I'm just like, dude, this is I Mercury retrograde. I know. I know from all my experiences in the past, it's like the time that I should hibernate. Let's just get under the covers and don't come out until it's over three weeks, twice a year, two hibernation periods for this mama bear. That's really what I should have done. Anyway, I forgot completely to tell you guys that yesterday the Ascension symptom scale was 96. Today it's 98. It's gone back up from yesterday. 96 was pretty low from the day before. I think it was maybe 99 the day before. Maybe it was like 97 or 98 the day before, but still went down and went back up again. I did put it in the description. So if I ever forget something like that, it's always going to be in the description if you guys are really curious about it. So we are up to lesson 49 in A Course in Miracles today. And lesson 49 is God's voice speaks to me all through the day. I had forgotten that this was a lesson and I read this today and I was like, or, you know, tonight I was like, whoa, whoa, no wonder I'm literally hearing God's voice all the time. We're always having conversations now. I completely forgot. And so this is like one of the miracles that happened in my life directly as a result of doing and living and breathing, eating, sleeping, breathing, (laughs) A Course in Miracles. So lesson 49 is God's voice speaks to me all through the day. It is quite possible to listen to God's voice all through the day without interrupting your regular activities in any way. The part of your mind in which truth abides is in constant communication with God whether you're aware of it or not. It is the other part of your mind that functions in the world and obeys the world's laws. It is this part that is constantly distracted, disorganized, and highly uncertain. Oh, see, that was a part of my brain that folded my bank card into my blankets. (laughs) The part of you that's listening to the voice For God is calm, always at rest, and wholly certain. It is really the only part there is. The other part is a wild illusion, frantic and distraught, but without reality of any kind. Try today not to listen to that. Okay, I'm not going to read the rest of the lesson. You guys have to do that for yourself. Go to ACIM.org to do that or download your favorite app out of all the free ones. There's a lot of A Course in Miracles free apps. So just pick one that's your favorite color and move with that. Uh, 
Again, lesson 49 is God's voice speaks to me all through the day. So I'm going to get right into the Schumann resonance. Ugh. I in my little phone because it died. I have to do this on my computer. And um, it's still just ever bit as touchy as it is on the little phone. Although it's a little easier to see. So maybe I'll do this from now on. All right. Um, I'm looking at these numbers, and to be honest, they're not much different over the course of, like, the six hours that they've been recorded. So I'm going to go ahead and just tell you the 4 o'clock in the morning values because it's they've only were like maybe six points up or down depending from where I'm going to so it's not a whole lot of difference between the beginning and the end of where this ends or whatever alright so California time I mean California Schumann Resonance at 4 in the morning was 130 hertz which is pretty significant in Hofuf, Saudi Arabia, it was 92 hertz frequency. In Lithuania, it was 168 hertz frequency. And it's Alberta, Canada was down, or no, it was actually up, well, I guess down from what it was, what it has been. Alberta, Canada was at 232. And Northland, New Zealand was at 80 hertz frequency. And Hulului, South Africa, was at 107. So, I don't know. I mean, I I keep looking at these numbers and it's just like insane because it says the power is the sum of all frequencies detected by the site magnetometer. Magnetometer? I don't know. Magnetometer <laughs> from 0.32 to 36 hertz and then calculated for every hour. But why would you only measure it only to 36 hertz? And then if it's only to 36 hertz, why are we seeing numbers such as 168 and 232? 130 and 107. Why? So this is this has always been a very confusing website. In in general, to me, the Schumann Resonance has always been a very weird chart. No matter where I look at it, um, no matter what website I find it on, it's always so strange. So I hope I'm reading it right. Just to be honest, I might not be, even though like the numbers are literally there. It's easy to read the numbers, but. I mean, how you say it's the sum of the power of all frequencies but it's just calculated for the hour. Is that the combined total, like, for what, every single second? 36 plus 36 plus 36? For That doesn't make any sense either. It's not scientific. It makes it super jumbled. So it just says very weird. Very weird. Now, you guys can play around with this and go look at this chart on heartmath.org. It's called the GCMS magnetometer. Magnetometer? Yeah, I guess I'd be right. Magnetometer? Magnetometer? Oh my god. 
You say potato, I say potato. <laughs> you say tomato, I say tomato. Let's call the whole deal off. <laughs> and go to the Shimon residence of disclosure.it. Yeah, there's just as eight, no, nine hertz. Nine hertz, that's it? Still calm, but with a very light activity that occurred from 22 UTC last night to 1 UTC this morning with various peaks at 9 hertz. What the flock is going on? It's so weird. I don't know, guys. Oh, yeah, this is everything that happened. Um, so my week was so crazy busy with the government thing, and I was so focused on it, I forgot to pre-record my interview with Mason Adams. And I feel really bad about that. I wrote to him and I think I said, I'm sorry. If I didn't, Mason, I know you're listening to this. I'm so sorry that I didn't talk to you like on Thursday or Friday. And it's just been such a crazy week. And all day today, I've been trying to do this thing. And and I'm like, I'm going to do this interview. I'm going to do this interview with him. So I, I contacted him kind of, I don't want to say in the morning, but my morning around noon, noon 30 and he was like yeah you know let's do it but um I could do it in five minutes and like well I can't do it in five minutes like I literally just woke up I'm like let me go ahead and get my cup of coffee and maybe we'll do it in like 30 minutes and he's like well let's do it in like an hour like okay let's let's good let's do it and then like 15 minutes later he's like I can't do it because I have to work tonight so I'll be getting ready for work. And I'm like, oh my gosh. So that was like strange miscommunication. Like, he's not strange. He's a sweet person. So, I mean, but it was just like getting our wires crossed and miscommunication. And I could do it then. No, I can't do it then. Now I've got to do this other thing. And now I've got to do this other thing. You know, and we were just like, oh, hemming and hawing with each other. And it was weird because it's just a, it's just a miscommunication. It's just a Mercury retrograde BS. It's not anything other than that. <laughs> I mean, I didn't have my, you know, stuff together, but it was still like, I was like, if you don't want to do today, that's okay. You know, cause I didn't want to take his Saturday away from him and his, um, his SO, his significant, significant other. So I was just like, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to, I'm like, if you, if you don't want to do today, that's okay with me because I dropped the ball. I should have done this two days ago. If you want to, we still can though. He's like, yeah, let's do it. You know? And I think like he really wanted to commit to it. And then he realized he was like so busy. And at the same time, I'm trying to schedule it with him. I'm like still trying to work with my agent. And I'm like, oh man, it was just like, so like, <sighs> then my, my girlfriend called me, my girl Vera, she called me and we were talking and then the phone cut off. And I know what that means. I know. I know her. I know what that means. It means that she got to talking with someone earlier, but really missed me and went to call me and ran out of battery. <laughs> it happens like so often with us. It's like, oh, okay. All right. But a lot of weird miscommunication stuff, just like that. Next thing I know, it's like one o'clock in the morning. I'm trying to do my final trade of the night or first trade of the day. And I literally got nothing, got nothing done except I learned a lot. So I'm really grateful for the education. 
but I mean, but just absolutely spinning my wheels like a freaking hamster on a wheel. The faster I spin my wheels, the faster I literally go nowhere. (laughs) I don't know, guys. I did ask God, what am I going to do since Mason Adams can't read his beautiful poetry, which I cannot wait to hear again, by the way. His poetry is so amazing, and he has a newsletter, and I'm going to tell you guys about it when he's on next week because I've been getting it, and it's just like when I've had stressful moments, I'm like, wait a minute, what did Mason send me today? And I'm like clicking on it, and there it is. Oh, it's just like this oasis in the sea of complete clutter and confusion all around me, like mental clutter and just communication confusion. And here's this beautiful poetry. So I can't wait to actually talk to him. It's going to be really awesome when we finally get together. I'm going to try to talk to him, you know, during the week before Saturday so that I can for sure definitely say he's coming. I really hate doing interviews like on the same day. It's like, I really need to get it done 48 hours before the day it airs or more, even more time is better. Anyway. So I was like asking God, you know, I hear the voice of God, just like it says in a course of miracles. And I'm like, I have absolutely zero clue whose work is in the public domain that can have a spiritual thing to it or kind of an innocence like everyone's going through this childhood um childhood memory thing and I want us to delve into that a little bit you know maybe bring back some of our quiet beauty from our childhood and our innocence and so God said to me Robert Louis Stevenson has poetry and I thought he only wrote a couple books I like literally don't know much about him I'm like, really? He wrote poetry? And God's like, yes, it's really good poetry. Read his poetry tonight. Well, I looked it up. And um, when we come back after these messages, I'm going to tell you all about Robert Louis Stevenson. And we're going to talk. Well, I'm going to read his poetry. Because believe it or not, the voice of God sometimes gives me information. I did not have private, you know, private, previously, previously. I did not have it previously. That's not even a word. Previously. What the hell? See? Miscommunication. Mercury retrograde. Whew. Again and again and again. <laughs> oh, yeah. One quick thing. I think I didn't say this, but my agent, it turns out he's a Virgo, too. So while this crap is happening to me, this crap is happening to him because he's trying to make his money that he makes through me when I make my money. <laughs> and we're both just flocked. Like, it's just not working. It's just not working today. It was not working. I don't know. Maybe tomorrow. Tomorrow's another day, another dollar. In my case, another day, another dime. No. <laughs> <laughs> You hear the crows? They're coming for me, man. They're coming to pick my bones clean. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Unfreaking believable. All right, I'll be right back, guys, after this message. And we're going to read. <laughs> we're going to read a poetry from Robert Louis Stevenson.
chances are you've heard of CBD oil, but maybe you're a little afraid it might make you a little high or super drowsy. Possibly you're not going to pass mandatory drug testing at work. Am I right? Well, I found an amazing company. I'm including the link in this episode's description. Okay. This is derived from only the hemp plant. It does not contain THC, which is the factor in marijuana that makes you high. This CBD oil has been known to reverse aging, help you through weight loss issues. You will literally lose weight on our products if you want. Also reverses hair loss. It also helps you with things like insomnia, anxiety, pain in your muscles and joints, and it gives you benefits throughout your body with its high quality antioxidants. We even have a vape. Would you like to try the blueberry cheesecake? <laughs> I know I would. I mean, there's so much danger with vaping these days, but not when it is only CBD oil. That's right. You could vape not only anytime you want, because it's not going to make you high, but it's also going to be healthy for you. How's that? Pretty cool, right? Well, go ahead and look in my episode description for my link. And, well, start using your CBD oil today. If you're interested in the business end of it, it's absolutely free to join. It's absolutely free every month, actually. I have never seen a business like this in all my life. So, you can start, well, using your CBD oil and you can start a brand new side hustle for yourself. Hey, <laughs> as in Hey Yoka Shaman approves of this message. I love you guys. And well, here's to your health. Robert Louis Stevenson was born in Edinburgh, Scotland. His birthday was November 13th, 1850. He actually was born into a family of lighthouse engineers. That's so weird, right? I had no idea that even existed. So he tried to study engineering, but then he studied and qualified instead as a lawyer, but when he was in his early 20s, he just felt like writing was his calling. He had to be a writer. He had ill health. It dogged him from his earliest childhood. Oh, see, well, same thing happened to me, and I'm a writer, so... I like what this description on scottishpoetrylibrary.org.uk says. It says that um, the ill health that dogged him from his earliest childhood provided him with the space and time in which his imagination could flourish. Well, you see, there's a reason for everything. <laughs> it also gave him the constant companionship of his nurse, 
Alison Cunningham, who fed him a diet of Bible stories and covenanting history, as well as training his young ear to a rich variety of the Scots language. So that's pretty interesting, right? It says that he traveled a lot looking for a climate that would be conducive to better health. And it kept him away from Scotland. <laughs> Go figure. There's bad, there's bad climate in Scotland. <laughs> On the Scottish moors, really? <laughs> it's cold, you say? Foggy? Maybe? Just a titch? <laughs> says that he uh, he developed his fiction in, in the 1880s um, that reflected pretty much how he felt about his native land. And he had conflicting currents in his writing because of what had happened in the history of Scotland. And it got to a point where there's so much conflictual uh, things that it ended up resulting in the book Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And also in the relationship, it says here, uh, between the two very different heroes in the book called Kidnapped. I've not read Kidnapped, and I have read bits and pieces of Jekyll and Hyde. I haven't really read all of it. I, I'm, I got a lot more reading to do. Anyway, I've decided that, well, we're just going to read, read his poems. Okay. He has so many poems. I had no idea, honestly, but I'm looking at this and I feel like the first poem we should read is called happy thought. (laughs) <laughs> the thing we need, the one thing we need during Mercury Retrograde, happy thoughts, right? It's an extremely tiny poem. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> happy Thought by Robert Louis Stevenson. The world is so full of a number of things. I'm sure we should all be as happy as kings. <laughs> <laughs> oh, transportation and communication. You just, just rook your retrograde. Gets no better than that. Reading a poem, and here comes a motorcycle to kind of bring. There's like two lines right in the middle of the lines. I swear to God. All right. <laughs> Oh my gosh. <laughs> All right. Um, let's see what else should we read next. And that was another thing. I have the ebook here. Okay, here we go. A Child's Garden of Verses is a book that he wrote. Let's see here. Um, the Gutenberg people are awesome gutenberg.org you can read anything that's in public domain domain for completely free now i want to say that this was in the 1880s no it was copyrighted in 1916 originally all of his works were actually released to the public domain in 
I want to say 1964, which was 70 years after Robert Louis Stevenson died. And his family did not keep the copyright going, so... Yay! We get to read all the stuff for free. It's so awesome. Gotta love free. <laughs> okay, this, this, I'm gonna read from this book mostly. It's from a child's garden of verses, and they're just very simple verses that anyone can understand. Obviously, children can understand and relate. But we can relate to, and I feel like there's a lot of childhood stuff in that innocence of youth that we crave to have in our life today and we long for, at least I know I do. I, there's a lot of weird thoughts that have come from my childhood that have come to me now and like feelings and energies of these long, um, long forgotten feelings, longings. Um, I was an extremely shy child, and when my parents would take me out in public, I would find the nearest table with a tablecloth and hide under it until it was time to go home. I mean, it was completely ridiculous, but (laughs) I spent a lot of time under tables when I was a kid. (laughs) All right. Um... Uh, I'm going to read this. This is like a really strange little blurb about him. I did not see this before. It says, um, uh, so during his travels, he visited the United States spending a year among our famous resorts. Later, he visited Australia and the South Sea Islands which climate agreed with him to such an extent that's where he finally settled down and he made his home on the island of Samoa. He continued his travels from that point, often visiting the Hawaiian Islands, Australia, and New Zealand. Such a deal. That's pretty awesome. I want to go to all of those places, actually. He formed a strong friendship for the natives of Samoa and did a great deal to improve their conditions. He died on that island and, at his own request, was buried on top of one of the beautiful mountains there with the following lines written upon his tomb. Here he lies where he longed to be. Home is the sailor, home from the sea, and the hunter, home from the hill. Aw, so cool, right? All right. Um, okay, I think I'm just going to read these all in a row, all right? Because they all look pretty fun. Ooh, 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 and the third one is called The Pirate Story. I can't wait to get to the third one. All right, first, first things first. Bed in summer. In winter, I get up at night and dress by yellow candlelight. In summer, quite the other way, I have to go to bed by day. I have to go to bed and see the birds still hopping on the tree or hear the grown-up people's feet still going past me in the street. And does it not seem hard to you when all the sky is clear and blue 
and I should like so much to play, to have to go to bed by day? Wow, do you guys relate to that at all? Did your parents ever make you go to bed in the daytime? Or maybe it was like evening, the time you normally go to bed, but because of the daylight savings time, or I don't know what, but just the the sun is different during the summer, and it's just such a bummer to go to bed, you know, when the sun is still up. It just feels so wrong, and I don't know. I mean, I tend to go to bed when the sun's coming up, but... Again, this is, these are poetry, this is poetry that's written for children that children can relate to, but it's also really truly for the inner child in all of us. So this is kind of a mental health day (laughs) in case y'all need that. I think I'm probably going to read his poetry every Saturday until we've read the whole book. Why not? Because he has beautiful poetry and Although if Mason Adams and I can finally get it together, I think he'll be here next week and then we'll return to Robert Louis Stevenson the following week. All right. Young Night Thought. All night long and every night, when my mama puts out the light, I see the people marching by as plain as day before my eye armies and emperors and kings, all carrying different kinds of things, and marching in so grand a way, you never saw the like by day. So fine a show was never seen, all at the great circus on the green, for every kind beast and man is marching in that caravan. At first they move a little slow, but still the faster on they go. And still beside them, close I keep, until we reach the town of sleep. Aww. Yay, pirate story. I'm so excited. Okay. <laughs> pirate story. Three of us afloat in the meadow by the swing. Three of us aboard in the basket on the lee. Winds are in the air, they are blowing in the spring, and waves are on the meadow like the waves there are at sea. Where shall we adventure today that we're afloat, weary of the weather and staring by a star? Shall it be to Africa, a staring of the boat, to Providence or Babylon or off to Malabar? Hi, but here's a squadron a-rowing on the sea, cattle on the meadow, a-charging with a roar. Quick, and we'll escape them. They're as mad as can be. The wicket is the harbor, and the garden is the shore. Mm. Oh, that was so cute. Okay. Farewell to the farm. The coach is at the door at last, the eager children mounting fast and kissing hands in chorus sing, goodbye, goodbye to everything, to house and garden, field and lawn, the meadow gates we swung upon, 
to pump and stable tree and swing. Goodbye, goodbye to everything. And fare you well forevermore, O ladder at the hayloft door, O hayloft where the cobwebs cling. Goodbye, goodbye to everything. Crack goes the whip and off we go. The trees and houses smaller grow. Last round the woody turn we swing. Goodbye, goodbye to everything. <laughs> That's so cute. It's like it's like um, they're going to have a day in town. <laughs> I grew up on a farm in Minnesota when I was a when I was a teenager. I kind of relate to that a little bit. <laughs> Being a little bit happy to be leaving the farm for a moment. You know, you can only take so much absolute quiet in the middle of nowhere, right? <laughs> the next poem is The Land of Counterpane. Mm, I don't know what that word means, but it's spelled C-O-U-N-T-E-R-P-A-N-E. So pain is spelled like a window pane, but it's called The Land of Counterpane. When I was sick and lay abed, I had two pillows at my head, and all my toys beside me lay to keep me happy all the day. And sometimes for an hour or so, I watched my leaden soldiers go with different uniforms and drills among the bedclothes through the hills and sometimes sent my ships in fleets all up and down among the sheets or brought my trees and houses out and planted cities all about. I was the giant great and still that sits upon the pillow hill and sees before him dale and plain the pleasant land of counterpane. Wow, you know, counterpane could be spelled counter with a separate word, P-A-I-N, because it must have been really painful for him to be a, a child and sickly all the time. It's funny, no one's actually saying what kind of sickly he was, right? I bet he had asthma. But if I did my digging enough, he'd, he'll have asthma. <laughs> I mean, that's what happened to me. I was always sick. I had asthma. I had immune system issues. Crazy, crazy stuff. Here is really fun. I like this one. This next one is called Fairy Bread. Come up here, O oh dusty feet. Here is fairy bread to eat. Here in my retiring room, children, you may dine. On the golden smell of broom, and the shade of pine. And when you have Fenton well, fairy stories hear and tell. So cute. Oh, I guess it's eaten well, it's spelled wrong in the in the illustration. So sorry about that, guys. <laughs> oh, fairy bread. Don't ever eat fairy food if you ever be if you're ever offered food by a fairy. Because you won't be able to tolerate human food right after. 
that is the legend, the official party line of pretty much probably every granny that ever existed in all of Ireland. <laughs> and here's Robert Louis Stevenson directly from Scotland. They have the same stories. So there, there it is in England too, all of the UK actually. Probably Wales too, probably a lot. That part of Europe, I'm thinking, has a lot, a lot of fairy stories. Escape at bedtime. The lights from the parlor and kitchen shone out through the blinds and the windows and bars and high overhead and all moving about. There were thousands of millions of stars. There never were such thousands of leaves on a tree, nor of people in church or the park, as the crowds of the stars that looked down upon me and that glittered and winked in the dark. The dog and the plow and the hunter and all and the star of the sailor and Mars those shone in the sky and the pail by the wall would be half full of water and stars. They saw me at last and they chased me with cries and they soon had me packed into bed. But the glory kept shining and bright in my eyes and the stars going round in my head. That was so cute. Oh my God, I love his po- Yeah, I'm going to read his poetry till we're finished this book. I hope you guys don't mind this. <laughs> okay. A good play. We built a ship upon the stairs all made of the back bedroom chairs and filled it full of sofa pillows to go a-sailing on the billows. We took a saw and several nails and water in the nursery pails. And Tom said, let us also take an apple and a slice of cake, which was enough for Tom and me to go a sailing on till sea. We sailed along for days and days and had the very best of plays. But Tom fell out and hurt his knee So there was no one left but me. (laughs) Oh my God. Where was his poetry when I was a kid? I'm loving it now, but I know I would have loved it then. (laughs) Marching song. Bring the comb and play upon it. Marching here we come. Willie cocks his highland bonnet. Johnny beats the drum. Mary Jane commands the party. Oh, yeah. Peter leads the rear. Feet in time, alert and hearty, each a grenadier. All in the most martial manner, marching double quick while the napkin like a banner waves upon the stick. Here's enough of fame and pillage, great Commander Jane. Now that we've been round the village, 
Let's go home again. Oh, God, I could read so much into that, can't I? <laughs> you can remember your childhood, but your innocence is long gone, Nellie. Sometimes it's just gone. <laughs> Oh, words that mean things now that didn't mean things then changes all the meaning of some of these things, right? Oh, my gosh. All right. Where go all the boats? Oh, no, there's no all in that. Sorry. Let me start that one over. Where go the boats? Dark brown is the river, golden is the sand. It flows along forever with trees on either hand. Green leaves a-floating, castles of the foam, boats of mine a-boating, where will all come home? On goes the river and out past the mill, away down the valley, away down the hill, away down the river a hundred miles or more, other little children shall bring my boats ashore. Ah, he lost his boats. The hayloft, through all the pleasant meadow side, the grass grew shoulder high, till the shining scythes went far and wide and cut it down to dry. These green and sweetly smelling crops, they led in wagons home, and they piled them here in mountain tops for mountaineers to roam. Here is Mount Clear, Mount Rusty Nail, Mount Eagle, and Mount High. The mice that in these mountains dwell, no happier are than I. Oh, what a joy to clamber there, of, oh, what a place for play. With its sweet, the dim, the dusty air, the happy hills of hay. Auntie's skirts. In the picture, the illustration is a little girl sitting on a bench surrounded by enormous pillows watching her aunt don this beautiful gown with a very long train. This, the illustrations of this are cute on Gutenberg.org. Literally, this is what the original book looked like. So if you want to take a look, you will enjoy it a lot, I think. Auntie's skirts. Whenever Auntie moves around, her dresses make a curious sound. They trail behind her, up the floor, and trundle after through the door. <laughs> I suppose to a little boy that would be really weird. Like, why is her dress like super long and like long and like trailing behind her? She could be in one room and the rest of her dress is in another room. It was kind of odd, right? <laughs> it's like cute and curious observation. The next illustration is an owl sitting on a, a tree branch and behind him is a full moon. Like, imagine E.T. and Elliot in the bicycle going across that ginormous moon. That's the way they drew the moon here. And it's called The Moon. The moon has a face like a clock in the hall she shines on thieves on the garden wall, on streets and fields and harbor quays, and birdies asleep in the forks in the trees. 
the squalling cat and the squeaking mouse, the howling dog by the door of the house, the bat that lies in bed at noon, all love to be out by the light of the moon. But all of the things that belong to the day cuddle to sleep to be out of her way, and flowers and children close their eyes till up in the morning the sun shall rise. The cow. The friendly cow, all red and white, I love with all my heart. She gives me cream with all her might to eat with apple tart. She wanders lowing here and there, and yet she cannot stray, all in the pleasant open air, the pleasant light of day. And blown by all the winds that pass, and wet with all the showers, she walks among the meadow grass and eats the meadow flowers. Foreign lands. Now this one's a curious picture. It shows um, little girls, maybe a couple boys, and they're standing on a bridge and they're surrounded by all these flowers and all around them, behind them, and in the and they're standing on a bridge and underneath the bridge there's the, the river flowing through. And all around them and in front of them are little fairy folk. It's a really interesting illustration. Okay, foreign lands. Up into the cherry tree, who should climb but little me? I held the trunk with both my hands and looked abroad on foreign lands. I saw the next door garden lie, adorned with flowers before my eye, and many pleasant places more that I had never seen before. I saw the dimpling river pass and be the sky's blue looking glass. The dusty roads go up and down with people tramping into town. If I could find a higher tree, farther and farther I should see, to where the grown-up river ships Oops, sorry. To where the grown-up river slips into the sea among the ships. To where the roads on either hand lead onward into fairyland. Where all the children dine at five and all the playthings come alive. Oh, that was so cute. System. It's a very strange name for a child's poem, right? System. Every night my prayers I say and get my dinner every day. And every day that I've been good, I get an orange after food. The child that is not clean and neat with lots of toys and things to eat, he is a naughty, cho- naughty child, I'm sure. Or else his dear papa is poor. What? <laughs> what? That was a very awkward poem, right? <laughs> is that not is that not only me? Do you guys think that was awkward? <laughs> At the seaside. When I was down beside the sea, a wooden spade they gave to me to dig the sandy shore. My holes were hollow like a cup, and every hole the sea came up till it could hold no more. 
right. And that's where happy thought comes in. The world is so full of a number of things. I'm sure we should all be as happy as kings. The land of Nod. From breakfast on through all the day, at home among my friends I stay. But every night I go abroad, afar into the land of Nod. All by myself I have to go, with none to tell me what to do. All alone beside the streams, and up the mountain sides of dreams. The strangest things are there for me. Both things to eat and things to see. And many frightening sights abroad, till morning in the land of Nod. Try as I like to find the way, I never can get back by day, nor can remember plain and clear the curious music that I hear. Windy Nights Whenever the moon and stars are set, whenever the wind is high, all night long in the dark and wet, a man goes riding by. Late in the night when the fires are out, why does he gallop and gallop about? Whenever the trees are crying aloud and ships are tossed at sea, by on the highway low and loud, by at the gallop goes he. By at the gallop he goes and then by he comes back at the gallop again. Time to rise. A birdie with a yellow bill hopped up on the on the windowsill, cocked a shining eye and said, Ain't you shamed, you sleepyhead? <laughs> that was adorable and so unexpected at that last line that was so funny <laughs> rain the rain is raining all around it falls on field and tree it rains on the umbrellas here and on the ships at sea okay I hope this one's not going to be a minefield but I'm going to read it anyway it's probably sweet hopefully foreign children Little Indian, Sioux or Crow, Little Frosty Eskimo, Little Turk or Japanese, Oh, don't you wish that you were me? You have seen the scarlet trees and the lions overseas. You have eaten ostrich eggs and turned their turtles off their legs. <laughs> Such a life is very fine but it's not so nice as mine you must often as you trod have wearied not to be abroad you have curious things to eat i am fed on proper meat you must dwell beyond the foam but i am safe and live at home wow right i don't know to make of that but that was crazy I do not condone the message of that last poem like at all. But you know, maybe everyone thinks they have it the best, honestly. 
you know, for the most part. I mean, until TV and movies came along and told everybody in the whole wide world that the United States is the one true, wonderful, great place to live in the land of opportunity and everyone else's place sucks, which is not at all true and completely, completely false, completely false advertising. Because I've never been to Europe, but I'm sure there's a great many wonderful places there in New Zealand, Australia. I bet there's amazing stories to be heard and lessons to be learned. And I mean, throughout Central and South America, I have thrived and flourished in many ways and learned a great many things that I never could have learned at home. And I don't regret it. Not for a second. Traveling is wonderful. You have to do it. If you haven't done it, you've got to do it. You've got to figure it out and just spend at least a couple years traveling. That was a really weird poem. That that, that kind of disturbed me, to be honest. I, I, I kind of feel ashamed that I read that. But I didn't read these previously, like prior in the beginning. So, But you got to take it in stride. The guy wrote these in the early 1900s, maybe some in the 1880s. So people weren't quite woke yet. All right, starting again. Hopefully these will be as adorable and cute and innocent as the other ones, but that one is very weird. Sorry about that, guys. Looking forward. When I am grown demands a state, I shall be very proud and great and tell the other girls and boys not to meddle with my toys. (laughs) I guess every child can relate to selfishness now and again. (laughs) My shadow. I have a little shadow that goes in and out with me, and what can be the use of him is more than I can see. He is very, very like me from the heels up to my head, and I see him jump before me when I jump into my bed. The funniest thing about him is the way he likes to grow, not at all like proper children, which is always very slow, for he sometimes shoots up taller like an India rubber ball, and he sometimes gets so little that there's none of him at all. (sighs) He hasn't gotten, he hasn't got a notion of how children ought to play and can only make a fool of me in every sort of way. He stays so close beside me. He's a coward. You can see, I think shame to stick to nursey as that shadow sticks to me. One morning, very early when the sun was up before the sun was up, I rose and found the shining dew on every buttercup. But my lazy little shadow, like an errant sleepyhead, had stayed at home behind me and was fast asleep in bed. (laughs) The sun's travels. The sun is not a bed when I, at night upon my pillow lie. Still round the earth his way he takes and morning after morning makes. While here at home in shining day, we round the sunny garden play. Each little Indian sleepy head is being kissed and put to bed. And when at eve I rise from tea, 
day dawns beyond the Atlantic Sea, and all the children in the West are getting up and being dressed. Being dressed. You think his, his family had money? They could afford to have somebody dress him every day? I mean, that's kind of speaks a little bit of a, a rich life there, I think, right? I don't think everyone had servants to dress them in the 1800s. I mean, were the clothes all that complicated for boys? I know for women they certainly were, for girls and women. Oh my gosh, all the petticoats and the the tightening of the, the corsets and the, oh my God. I'm sitting here in a t-shirt and sweatpants, man. I'm so happy not to live in the 1800s. <laughs> Looking Glass River. Smooth it slides upon its travel. Here a wimple, there a gleam. Oh, the clean gravel. Oh, the smooth stream. Sailing blossoms, silver fishes. Paven pools as clear as air. How a child wishes to live down there. We can see our colored faces floating on the shaken pool, down in cool places, dim and very cool. Till a wind or water wrinkle, dipping marten, plumbing trout, spreads in a twinkle and blots all out. See the rings pursue each other. All below grows black at night, just as if mother had blown out the light. Patience, children, just a minute. See the spreading circles die. The stream and all in it will clear by and by. Oh, this next one's really interesting. It shows a man kind of hunched over and he's carrying a ladder and a very long stick. He has a hat on. It looks, maybe it's it's like dusk. And there's one light lit and one light unlit in this in this illustration. Now, this is... I mean, taking none of us back to our childhood. This is like taking our great-grandparents back to their childhoods. This is called the lamplighter. Back in the day, <laughs> not my day, my great-grandma's day, possibly her mother's day. <laughs> mother's day. I mean, that way, but you know what I mean. Um, probably four or five generations back, the lamps that lit the streets were like candles and literally people were paid to go around being the lamp lighters and they would have to light them all up at night so that people could see their way home. Very interesting, right? Before electricity. Okay. So this one's called the lamp lighter. My tea is nearly ready and the sun has left the sky. It's time to take the window to see Leary going by. For every night at tea time and before you take your seat with lantern and with ladder, he comes posting up the street. 
Now Tom would be a driver and Maria go to sea, and my papa's a banker and as rich as he can be. <laughs> but when but I when I am stronger and can choose what I'm to do. Oh Leary, I'll go round at night and light the lamps with you. For we are very lucky with a lamp before the door, and Leary stops to light it as he lights so many more. And oh, before you hurry by with ladder and with light. Oh, Leary, see a little child and nod to him tonight. Oh, that's so cute. See, now we know, because he says his dad is a banker and rich as can be, probably wasn't the truth because he was born to lighthouse engineers, right? So maybe that was his fantasy that maybe he had been rich as a kid. Maybe that was something he dreamt about. So maybe none of the other stuff was true, right? Maybe he wasn't as privileged as he was letting on. Possibly it was just a fantasy, like all of his other fantasies, right? Does that make you guys feel better? Or I don't know. But it, it kind of, I think, lends some insight to it, right? All right. And this next poem is called Singing. Of speckled eggs the birdie sings and nests among the trees. The sailor sings of ropes and things at ships in ships upon the seas. The children sing in far Japan. The children sing in Spain. The organ with the organ man is singing in the rain. All right, this next one is pretty pretty long but I'm going to read it anyway <laughs> it's called travel and the picture is of a little 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 girl she's wearing a really big fluffy dress and black boots up to her knees and she has a, a little sunbonnet on her head but she's indoors in a very big chair and she's looking out this window and it looks like she's watching maybe somebody play and she's watching the trees. So it's a, kind of a very lonely picture. Like maybe she's sick and stuck indoors and all she could do is look at other people playing. It's weird. I relate to this stuff so much. It was like most of my childhood. I was very sickly as a kid. Probably why I'm like a writer and imagination, you know, runs wild. I've, I have a good imagination, but also I've, I've been able to develop my spirituality. Maybe that's what happened. So I picked this crazy set of circumstances for myself. All right. This is called travel. I should like to rise and go where the golden apples grow, where below another sky, parrot islands anchored lie and watched by cockatoos and goats lonely crusoes building boats where in sunshine reaching out eastern cities miles about are with mosque and minaret among sandy gardens set and the rich goods from near and far hang for sale in the bazaar 
where the great wall round China goes, and on one side the desert blows. And with bell and voice and drum, cities on the other hum, where are forests hot as fire, wide as England, tall as a spire, full of apes and coconuts, and a word I don't want to say, hunter's huts, where the naughty crocodile lies and blinks in the Nile, and the red flamingo flies, hunting fish before his eyes, where in jungles near and far man-devouring tigers are, <laughs> lying close and giving ear, lest the hunt be drawing near, or a corner by be seen, swinging in a palanquin, where among the desert sands some deserted city stands, all its children sweep and prince grown to manhood ages since. Not a foot in, foot in street or house, not a stir of child or mouse. And when kindly falls the night, all in the town no spark of light, there I'll come when I'm a man, with a camel caravan, light a fire in the gloom of dusty dining room. See the pictures on the walls, heroes, fights, and festivals and in a corner find the toys of the old Egyptian boys. Very interesting. This next one is a little boy sitting at the foot of his bed with his feet sticking out of the rungs of the footboard. And his bed is, it's got a flag on one of the bedposts and it's floating in a well, it looks like a lake, and there's fish flying all about. So, my bed is a boat. My bed is like a little boat. Nurse helps me in when I embark. She girds me in my sailor's coat and starts me in the dark. At night, I go on board and say good night to all my friends on shore. I shut my eyes and sail away and see and hear no more. Sometimes things to bed I take as prudent sailors have to do. Perhaps a slice of wedding cake, perhaps a toy or two. At night across the dark we steer, but when the day returns at last, safe in my room beside the pier, I find my vessel, I find my vessel fast. All right, guys, I'm going to stop at that. Um, we are on page 55 for next time. But um, <laughs> only one word I had to skip over. You guys can only imagine what it was, but it wasn't the worst of the words that you can imagine, but it wasn't something I wanted to say out loud. But, you know, it was a different time. Some of these words are strange. I've never heard of them. So if I say a word that means something that I shouldn't have said, I, I honestly didn't have an idea about it. Like palanquin? I don't know what that means. I honestly don't. I, I need to look it up. But some sometimes some of these words stump me. Like I'm pretty well read. Like, I, you know, just like this, just like this man, I grew up reading a lot 
because I was alone most of my life. As a kid, I was alone most of my time. So, you know, some of these, most of these things I know, and then some of these just stumps the heck out of me. I hope you guys enjoyed um, hearing uh, the children's poems by Robert Louis Stevenson. He had an amazing mind, and I think it, I just thought it'd be very interesting to read. Hopefully it brought you memories of your childhood and some of the thought things you, you thought, the thoughts you thought. I had a couple books from Disney when I was a little girl, and I had a little tiny record player, and the records were like flimsy. They were made from plastic. I mean, you could just bend them easy, but um, I kept mine very nice and neat, Virgo that I am. And I would put them on my little record player, and they would, that's how I learned how to read, one of the ways. It would play the um, record, and it would it'd make a bong sound, and I'd have to turn the page when I heard the bong sound. And I'd follow along, and I would listen to the cadence of, of the person speaking, and every word would be a different, there'd be a pause between the words. And that's how I learned to, to uh, read when I was very, very little. I was very interested in reading and writing. And, you know, I was reading and writing very early. Like my oldest, and my oldest just sent me the second chapter in his book today. And um, both my kids had a lot of time at home because I've homeschooled them. Thank you, God, they weren't sickly. You know, we've all had our days traveling the way we have throughout Central and South America. You pick up diseases that you probably wouldn't have gotten at home by diseases. I mean, just different colds and flus, just different strains of various things, but um, things that we might have not picked up. But it's all been worth it, traveling. And, and it's funny, he talks a lot about traveling, and he must have really just wanted to be a sailor so bad. But I understand that I was I was a ship captain in a past life. Uh, one might say pirate, but no pirate ever starts out being a pirate. Let me tell you, it it just things circumstances happen, things happen. That's interesting. The things that he thinks about the the traveling. I had these books from Disney that talked about traveling, and oh my god, I could not wait to go to Russia to see the. The, the weird buildings, like, oh, they were so pink and purple and beautiful. And I then I grew up and thought, oh, there's no way that's possible. It's not real. And yet it is. Actually, I've seen pictures. Even just as recent as a week ago, I saw pictures of these crazy buildings, I think, in Moscow. And just, they're so beautiful, but so imaginative. And, and I still want to see them. There's so many things around the world. And I remember there was... One of the, in one of these books that showed gondoliers taking people from school to their home but over like a, a canal. Oh man, that was just such an amazing thought burned in my into my mind. And, you know, Italy's always been one of my favorite places that's on my bucket list to see someday. Like, I don't know. Where did you guys want to go when you were um, very little? things that just sparked your imagination to no end. Did you guys have travel ideas? I know I, I, I was always, always had to 
I wanted to see the Middle East. I wanted to see the genies because I was absolutely sure they existed in the Middle East. <laughs> the Jin folk. They actually exist all over the planet. But I just, you know, after watching I Dream a Genie, I thought, oh, I have to go see those people someday. The people that live in the bottles. <laughs> I thought that's how they lived. I, you know, when I was very little, I believed all that. I know Jen are real, though. I've worked with Jen. I know they're real, but <clears throat> I, mine didn't live in bottles, that's for sure. I could never do that to another being, but yeah. I wonder what is in store for us in the rest of this book. It looks like we've read about halfway through, so maybe this will be one more. One more. We'll probably um, skip a week and then come back to the second half of this one. Hopefully, if Mason and I can meet this week on online and make the show. I hope so, because honestly, you guys, I really love his poetry, and I love having Saturdays open for poetry or old literature. Because, you know what, um, maybe you guys just don't have enough time to read it, and I have enough time to read it to you. I think it's awesome, right? I hope you guys like that. I have a couple, I have like a couple Law of Attraction books that I'm probably going to read to you as well on Saturdays. So probably we'll do poetry for two or three more weeks and then we'll get back to maybe a, a Law of Attraction book that's over 100 years old. It's very interesting, some, some of the ways that things are worded and put and it gives you a nice per- perspective that you wouldn't have gotten from a modern-day book. So... All right, that's all I got to say about that. I hope you have a beautiful day or night whenever and wherever in the world you find yourself as you listen to this recording, wherever you may be. (laughs) Whenever you may be. (laughs) I know there's some deeper meanings in that. You're going to take it as you, uh, you're going to interpret it the way you want Anyway, I love each and every one of you. I want to thank you for being my listeners. I really appreciate you. I'm grateful to each and every one of you. Thank you for liking, subscribing, passing the information along about Metaphysical Soul Speak, the podcast. But that's it. That's all I got to say about that for the night. Signing off (laughs) with peace and joy and the high vibes of the holy fifth dimension. Until next time, guys, peace. Metaphysical Soul Speak is run on sponsors and listener support. This means listeners like you. If you are so inclined to support my efforts and my little podcast, please visit me at anchor.fm forward slash metaphysical and pledge an amount of your choosing today. Thank you.